How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Oster is here wearing blue to match his blue eyes. Ladies and gentlemen, he is ready to talk gardening and he'd love to talk to you. But you know how this show is. It gets extremely busy on the fan line. So call him now at 866-391-1020. And, you know, we're the fan that is that wonderful Sorgles out in Wexford. We love to promote them. So it's your time right now to call 412-922-1020. And if you happen to be the 10th caller, you'll win an incredible $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. Mr. Oster, the Traveling Road show, show for 2022. He is on the road, and we were talking about this yesterday on the True Value Home Improvement Show. One of our signature sponsors, the folks at Daniels, the new location, Route 8 in Hampton, will be opening the door for Doug and the thousands who will be showing up today because he has got some special treats. Is that not true? These are patriotic guys. Yes. Red, white, and blue. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I'll be appearing today at 1.30 at the new Daniels True Value Hardware and Appliances. It's up at 4706 William Flynn Highway. That's Route 8. It's in the Hampton Plaza in Allison Park, and I'll be talking gardening with you and giving away lots of perpetual spinach seeds to everyone who comes, and then raffling off a few unique tomato varieties, too, that I still have from last week's uh, plant swap. The perpetual spinach, I... I been giving that away for about a year now and i forgot i this week rob i was at my local pub you know just having a cup of tea yes and somebody came up and said hey you gave me those perpetual spinach seeds last year look at this picture they went all from last year all the way through the winter and now they're just going to seed and they're still we're still harvesting all spring so it's a really great variety it's a type of swiss chard but it has a texture more like spinach and it's uh Really a great plant and something you could you could sow right now all the way through September, actually, and then winter it over if you want. So that's today, 130, the new Daniels True Value Hardware and Appliances up in Hampton Plaza on Route 8 in Allison Park. All that information is at dougoster.com. want to thank everybody for watching that brand-new TV show that I have for uh, CBS Pittsburgh Streaming. It's every Saturday at 9 a.m., and... They sent me the numbers, and I was like, ooh, this is good. <laughs> uh, it's called In Doug's Garden, brought to you by Dave, the Davy Tree Expert Company. He and means he means the rating numbers. Yeah, what did it you just, think? No, it, people might not understand. The ratings name. were good. Yes. Thank you for watching. Uh, this next show, uh, which just ran yesterday, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i put up on YouTube tomorrow, but it's all about, uh, you can see how I build this simple trellis for vining crops, and I'm actually going to build another one here in the next couple of days for some pole beans. I'm planting in straw bales. You, that's pretty interesting. I've been working on that for the past couple of seasons. And then we've got our, our friend from Davy Tree who comes and 
tells us what to expect from an arborist visit and looks at one of my trees. My guest next week's show will be Luke Warner, who I'm talking to later on today for our Talking Trees segment. Uh, of course, all that information is at DougOster.com. And just back from England and Holland, and now it's time to announce my next trip. I'm going to Portugal in April. This is the trip. It sold out twice before, but it was in the midst of COVID, and both trips did not go. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> it's an amazing 13-day trip, which includes seeing Lisbon and then flying to the Azor Islands. We'll see the incredible Madeira Flower Festival, the Madeira Island. It's known as the Pearl of the Atlantic. And we'll also tour the Madeira Botanical Garden, the Portuguese Riviera, Terra Nostra Botanical Park, explore these pastures of tea and pineapple plantations. But it's not all gardens. There's plenty of city tours and time to explore these towns and the islands we're going to see and lots of great food and wine, too. Uh, most meals are included in the trip. I'll be hosting a live web webinar that shows you all about the trip on Thursday, June 23rd at 6.30 p.m. We'll talk about it a little bit more next week. But uh, all the details about the trip, the itinerary, are at DougOster.com. Plenty of time to think about it just because it's sold out. There's, there, Like I said, there's plenty of time to make sure that this trip is right for you, and I am still getting caught up on planting, and I've got to get everything planted before this heat wave comes in, looking at the at the weather. Uh, I've got a few tomatoes yet to put in. I've got my pole beans to put in, and for the first year from a request from my wife, I'm growing uh, chickpeas, garbanzo beans. I've never grown those before, so I'm interested to see how that works. I think it's going to be just like planting regular old beans, uh, but it'll be interesting to see. And uh, you know how it is with your, with your garden. You're always growing stuff for other people, growing kohlrabi for my son who's grown and gone, <laughs> but always wants kohlrabi. Kohlrabi is one of those gardener's vegetables. Nobody else knows about kohlrabi except us. Do you know what a kohlrabi is? Is it kohlrabi or kohlrabi? Kohlrabi. Okay. No, I don't. I've seen it, but I don't know anything about it. Kind of from the cabbage family. It tastes it? kind of like a radish and a cabbage together. It's good. All right, so I will now say kohlrabi. You can say it any way you want. Okay. Well, I want to be correct. I'm, prob I'm probably saying it wrong, but that's how most gardeners say it, kohlrabi. So what's your garden like? So I can actually put some tomato plants still in? Well, that's the thing about succession planting. Yeah, we had to ha have those early ones in at the end of May, but I'm planting tomatoes all the way through July 4th. And so as the later and later we get into the season, the the I'm planting tomatoes that put on fruit quicker. So, you know, your early girls, your sun golds, the cherry tomatoes, all the ones that put them on quick, that's that last planting. But this is the perfect time, actually, to plant tomatoes and peppers because the soil has warmed up. We don't have as many of those cool nights. But the thing is, you don't, you don't want to be planting in the middle of the day when it's 90 degrees. You want to be planting, if it's going to be just full sun all day, Plant at the end of the day. Look for clouds. Look for rain if you can. And watch the weather. Uh, you know, I, I've been talking to lots of people online who who feel that, like, it, it's too late to plant. But it, it, this is a perfect time to plant. Like I said, I'm still planting beans. I've got pole beans to get in. I've got tomatoes to get in. I've got another uh, crop of cucumbers. But that succession planting, and I've talked about it a lot, is, is I, and again, I always say this, I know you want to get your plants in all at one time, just get them planted. But 
by by succession planning, by waiting and planning a few more, or going to the nursery and planning some a little later, you'll just be you're just planting off these disease cycles and, and pest cycles, hopefully. And so it's a good idea to to plant separately. If you're gonna do tomatoes in containers, you gotta keep them watering. It has to be a big container, bigger than a five gallon bucket. If you're gonna do tomatoes in a five gallon bucket, they are gonna need to be watered when we get to the this heat of the summer every other day, maybe even every day. So the smallest container I'm using for tomatoes is 15 gallons. And I've, I've been using these 15-gallon fabric pots. God, I just love them. Uh, again, it's, it's uh, on my website. I've, I've got uh, an, a link there. No one's paying me to say this. No one's paying to put that link in there. These 15-gallon fabric pots are made from recycled water bottles. They're from a company called Root Pouch. They're five bucks. And you know, they're just great. You fill them up. I've got garlic growing in them. I've got potatoes growing in them. I used them for a project for uh, Farm to Table of Western Pennsylvania, where we went to Wilkinsburg. I did this a couple weeks ago and filled those things up with pit moss, uh, the, the local organic uh, planting mix, which is nice and lightweight. Doesn't It takes two-thirds less water then taught people how to plant tomatoes and peppers in theirs. And now I'm getting reports on how well everything's doing. The thing about containers, bigger is better because you don't need to water as much. And it's especially important with tomatoes and containers that they get the water they need because if they don't get it, you'll get this thing called blossom end rot. And that's when the plant can't get that calcium and the bottom of the tomato turns brown if that happens to you, you know you got a watering issue. It's not a calcium issue. It's a watering issue. And the good news is tomatoes up the plant later, as long as you water, might not get that blossom end rot. But it's disappointing to see. All right. We are going to take a short break, but we want to hear from you on the other side of the break. So 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. Luke Warner within about 20 minutes, another edition of Davy Trees Talking Trees, all still to come between now and 8 a.m. Doug Oster, DougOster.com, The Organic Gardener. Sunday morning, KDKA, 100.1 FM, AM, 1020. All right, this is big today. I mean, this is like the Rolling Stones back in Liverpool performing as we speak. <laughs> you saw that, huh? Oh, I love Mick Jagger <laughs> and, and the whole Rolling Stone thing. I think of you all the time. And when I'm coming into work and under my thumb or painted black comes on the radio, I know it's going to be a good day. So <laughs> let's let's talk about this big appearance that you have today. Well, today at 1.30, it's a new, new newer store, Daniel's True Value Hardware and Appliances, up in the Hampton Plaza on Route 8 in Allison Park. And I'll be talking gardening, uh, giving away these great seeds, perpetual spinach seeds for anybody who comes. And then I've got some really cool tomatoes. I won't have enough for everybody, but we can raffle them off. We'll have some fun and grow something different, grow something cool. This it's is going to be fun. Great location, great what they're doing. They're part of our True Value Home Improvement Show. And Doug really puts on a huge show and he always has a lot of goodies. So make sure you get out there. What time again? 1 30, but it's no Rolling Stones show. Let me just say this <laughs> about the Stones. And, you know, Kenny Chesney was here last night. I love the guy. And I was thinking about this this morning coming in, four years since he's been here, and he's an incredible performer. But do you realize the Rolling Stones have been doing stadium tours since probably the mid to late 60s, and they've, they've been selling them out ever since? I mean, that's like— Imagine in 64 going to Westview Park and seeing them there. Westview Park! I know, I know. It's, it's I don't know. But anyway, it's nice to see that they're out there on the European tour doing really well. All right, let's say hi to Dan up first for Doug Oster on KDKA. Hello, Dan. How are you? Fantastic. How about yourself, guys? 
Good. Everything's good. Great. Hey, uh, Doug, I've got some garlic scapes coming up. Uh, I think I let them go a little too too much last year. Uh, when should I pick them? Yeah, you want to get them early. You want to get them when they're nice and tender. And what he's talking about is if you're growing garlic, uh, hardneck garlic, which most of us, that's what we grow, a seed head will come up from the middle, and it kind of spins around, and we need to remove that so that all the energy goes down to the bulb. But when you do remove it, eat it. It is just a wonderful treat for the garden. I, I make pesto out of them. In fact, I think for the next video that I film, I haven't taken my scapes off either, Dan. Uh, mine aren't that big yet, but you want to get them while they're tender. And I just, when I, I cut them right down to where they come out of the plant, and then after that, I kind of, like you would asparagus, you find out where that spot is where it's kind of hard at the bottom, but tender in the middle. And when I make pesto out of them, I don't even use a recipe. I just throw them into a food processor with some good olive oil, some hard cheese, and some. I use hazelnuts. You could use any kind of nuts you want. But they're great to be roasted. Are you going to eat them, Dan? Oh, yeah. I'll eat the whole batch. And how will you make them? I'll try uh, your pesto recipe. Uh, oh, that's, that's what great. I did last year, and they were fantastic. Oh, yeah, that's that is just a favorite uh, favorite recipe uh, for for using those scapes. And you could freeze that pesto if you wanted to. We never get that far. We it always gets used, and so uh, that'll be the day that Luke will be joining me. And so I'm going to make that pesto and make Luke eat it. <laughs> All right, get those scapes off there, and then you're going to have some nice big garlic bulbs in another month. 866-391-1020. Doug wants to talk to you. Here's Joyce. You're on KDK. Hi, Joyce. Hi. Um, I have a question about weeds, Doug. Uh, in our perennial garden, we have lots of weeds. We were out there uh, yesterday for hours digging them all out. And, uh. Uh, my husband put some newspaper down, wet it, and put some mulch over. I don't know. Is is that the best? I don't want to. I don't want to keep having to dig them out every year. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. Is using that newspaper technique. That's something we learned a long time ago. I did from Jessica when she co-hosted with me. Seven to ten layers of newspaper. Get it wet to hold it in place, and then mulch on top. Yeah. And that will go a long way to to stopping those weeds. I feel your pain. There's nothing worse than pulling <laughs> weeds. And and for most part, what I'm doing is I'm just even if they do come up. Uh, on the edges of that, I'll just bury them with more mulch instead of having to to dig them out. That's just too too hard, especially when we come up with uh, this hot weather that's coming up. Burying them, and then I I do a lot of uh, with a string trimmer. You know, it would be tough in a perennial garden, but on yeah. the ed- edges of my garden, I use a string trimmer and just cut them to to the ground, and so I don't have to worry about them that way. But yeah, mulching with the newspaper trick is is great. It's kind of a pain because you got to do it every year, and people might ask. Well, why wouldn't you just put landscape fabric down and leave it there? Many mm-hmm. times that landscape fabric, it'll, it'll be great for one year, two years, but then weed seeds will get on top of that. Yeah, we've tried even black plastic. Right. Putting mulch. right. Now, now, the weeds, a lot of them are, are low. They kind of look like that, I call it clovery stuff. But some of them are pretty embedded in there, some of the roots, other, other kind of weeds. So even if you have all those weeds, um, you don't have to dig them out? Nope. Without without light, by just burying them, that's going to be the end. Oh, my. It, my husband's not liking this, what you're saying here because we spent so much time. 
But, well, um, let's, let's do it this way. It was it was time together, so it was just oh boy. It, uh, <laughs> per, perfect. What, how nice to be out in the garden weeding together. Oh, that sounds awful. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> and what what is a, what is an herbicide? What is that uh, considered? What's that for? Herbicide? So herbicides. There's lots of different types of herbicides. There's chemical herbicides. There's organic herbicides. Basically, it's something that will kill a plant. On the organic side. It would be something like clove oil or a very high concentration of vinegar. Uh, on the chemical side, those can be pretty nasty. That's why, you know, certainly... Well, I was just talking about that. Is that something for weeds also? Yeah, you know, I visited a property this week uh, that has a beautiful wildflower meadow, and they're trying to deal with the weeds, and they're using a chemical herbicide, but it's it's not doing the trick. And it's dangerous. Yeah, I don't want to use any. Yeah, you're, I feel that you're better off, when you can do it, just cutting the plant to the ground and then just burying it, either with the newspaper or mulch or whatever it is. And when you cut when you cut some of these weeds a couple times to the ground, the, the top feeds the bottom. And so it will, in, in many cases, exhaust the bottom. And I was, I was looking at this garden, and I could see where, uh, and again, you know, if you're going to spray a chemical herbicide, you have to keep yourself safe. And, oh, right, and right, that was right, my that right. was my biggest worry for this gentleman uh, was was are you wearing a mask? Are you protecting yourself from this stuff? Right. But right. the organic side, it, it's 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 still stuff that will kill a plant, but it's not a chemical that that will hurt you. But if you get it onto one of your precious perennials, it would kill the perennial too. Yeah, but you just you just have to be careful with it. I don't use any herbicides, and I I just eat organic or, or certainly not chemical. Never would use chemicals in the garden, but I don't use any organic herbicides. I just deal with the weeds differently, and then I'm I'm more accepting of weeds probably than most people. I I I, I think a weed many times is is actually a wildflower, and so if I like the way the flower looks. I'm keeping it because I don't care what anybody else thinks. And so a, a weed is what's in your mind. But if you can't stand it, that guard, that's gardens for you. And then you have that wonderful romantic time together in the garden pulling your weeds together, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, for your, Thanks for your call. All right. Well done. So when you're doing any kind of weeding, should you wear gloves? You know, I don't wear gloves when I when I do it, uh, but I'm not doing really any hand weeding anymore. I'm either cutting it with the string trimmer or I'm burying it with mulch. Uh, so I'm not really pulling weeds. Talking trees, Luke Warner coming up. You're going to be talking proper watering and mulching. Yeah, and you know what mulching is going to mean, right? Volcano stuff. Oh, again. yeah, baby. You've been listening. <laughs> but this watering thing, you know, we were talking on the True Value Show yesterday about gardening hoses in the morning, Mrs. Know-It-All, I've talked to her about it. I've talked to you about it. So real quick, when is the best time to water? Morning. Do yeah. it in the morning if you can. But if you can't, it's better to put water on than not put any water on it on. Let's say you can't get it on in the morning. You, your work schedule, whatever it is, get water on there when the plant needs it. All right. Uh, Doug is coming up later today at one thirty. Tell him where you're going to be. I'll be at Daniel's True Value Hardware. It's up on Route 8 in Hampton Plaza in Allison Park. All the information's at DougOster.com. Giving away perpetual spinach seeds, and I'm going to raffle off some very unique tomato plants, Go too. out and spend the day with Doug. One thirty, Route 8, of course, Daniel's True Value out in Hampton. He'd love to see you. All right, so Luke will be joining us in just a moment. We're going to be talking proper watering and mulching. So before we get Luke and get going... This is a very important segment today. No, I don't know what's 
I don't know what's more important, the watering or the mulching, but we'll talk to Luke about it and see what he says. But both are important. We are joined by Luke Warner from the Davy Tree Expert Company. Good morning, Luke. How are you? Good morning, Doug. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. We're going to be together this week uh, shooting some TV stuff too, huh? Yes, we are. Uh, That's going to be fun. And you're going to have to taste my uh, garlic scape pesto also. Oh, I am all for that. Okay. Are you a garlic guy? (laughs) Oh, of course, yes. Oh, good. So what do you think? Watering or mulching? What's more important? Or do they just go uh, hand in hand? They certainly go hand in hand. I mean, you can't have um, you can't really have one without the other, and you need them both for, uh, for good survival. So um, I think some of the biggest questions are just, you know, when to water, how much to water. And I think people really just, um, you know, psych themselves out with, with, with watering, and it, it just kind of make it a little bit more um, stressful and difficult than it needs to be. So when we're, we're talking when we're talking about watering in the vegetable garden, we always say morning because we want the leaves to dry out if water gets on them. Try and get at the base. Tell me about watering trees. What is the best time to do it? And talk a little bit about how you do it. Well, morning or evening, and that's just you know so you don't have so much uh, water loss due to evaporation, like in the garden. Um, but you know, with trees, you're often watering uh, on, on the root zone. So you're not going to have a lot of like overhead irrigation or, or sprinklers. The reason you don't want to do that is because it can spread spores um, and kind of keep the leaves wet for disease. So assuming you're not, you know, watering from the air, um, morning and evening are totally fine. Um, and you certainly want to do a, you know, slow and deep approach to watering um, to limit your runoff. It's good to water uh, deeply. That way the root zone of, you know, assuming we're talking about a newly planted tree can develop deeper. Um, Infrequent, deeper watering will promote that root system to grow deeper, where a more frequent, lighter watering, you know, just spraying a a gallon or so over the ground, not letting it really absorb, will promote that root system to be a little bit shallower. What happens is as the trees get older, the root system hasn't developed very deeply, um, thus can't deal with those drought symptoms that we'll have in the summer from time to time very well. Well, um, I, I know that uh, certainly newly planted trees, those that's where your watering is critical, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you are going to want to be watering if you put a new tree in um, every day for at least a couple weeks. Um, you're the amount you water is going to be dictated on the size of the tree. So that's often sold as like an inch caliper, right? So that can be anywhere from a couple gallons to 10 gallons per inch, you know, depending on what type of soil you have, where the clays are going to hold a lot of moisture um, and some of the other soils are not. So when you're talking to homeowners, explain how they know how much water to put on. I know there are some formulas uh, and especially for for the newer trees, and I mean, we're, when I say newer tree, I mean this year, last year, maybe even a third year. Water is is important. How do I know how much to put on? Um, so the easiest and, and best play with that is, you know, just get a hand trowel, um, dig underneath the drip line of the tree. So that's anywhere that those, you know, that's the spread of the tree from the tips of the branches on the left to the tips of the branches on the right. Everything underneath that is your is your, you know, underneath your canopy, and that edge is called the drip line. Dig a hole um, just with a hand trowel. You can go, you know, six, seven inches deep, um, and the water should be, 
you know, moist, cold, not soggy, not dry. Um, and you want to kind of be consistent with that. So if, if that soil is, is very dry, it needs water. If it's moist to the touch, right, you can form the soil if you can in your hand like a ball. Um, that, that's good. That's adequate. It doesn't need water. If it's, you know, obviously waterlogged or soggy, um, then you may be overwatering it or it certainly doesn't need water at that point. Before we get to mulch, is it still okay at this point to plant trees? Like, I would not want to be planting trees with this upcoming weather coming. We're get, I saw one day 95. But but can it be done? I mean, if you, like, let's say you had a client that said, oh, I, I need trees. Can you put it in on a 95-degree day? Yeah, we can. Um, and, and we have, and, and sometimes we still do. But it's not the most ideal scenario, but it certainly you know, can be done. A little bit of extra care needs to be taken um, on our part when we're transporting the trees, um, making sure the root balls and uh, you know stay moist, stay stay um, you know adequately watered. Um, but it's more so on the client or the new tree owner that you know this is now. You know, although trees require a lot of responsibility in the spring, they certainly require a lot more responsibility um, in the summer. But sure. water is going to be you know, ever so important for the survival of that tree. All right, let's get on to mulch, and we know what the topic's going to be. We know that we both hate something called volcano mulch. It is wrong. Go ahead and vent about volcano mulch, please. <laughs> uh, it's just a, um, I, I don't know, sometimes if it's a, if it's a laziness or if it's, um, you know, some people don't know, but we'll, we'll cover it. The um, volcano mulching is when you pile up mulch against the base of the tree, covering up the root flare um what the root flare is if you don't know is that's kind of where the trunk ends and the roots begin um that area needs to be kept clear of mulch um so mulch provides an extreme amount of benefits be it um you know regulating soil temperature uh, mitigating moisture all these things are great but when you pile it up around the base of the tree since it does retain moisture it holds too much moisture on that, that trunk of the tree. And there's parts of the tree that aren't supposed to always be wet, right? So that can start rot. Now you can have basil rot. You can have girdling roots. Um, the tree should look like, you know, when you're looking down the trunk of the tree, you should see it flare out, taper into the ground. It shouldn't look like a, you know, a straw stuck through the, the top of that McDonald's cup um, is what I always think of, you know, when you can't see the root flares. So, so explain the right way to mulch, where that mulch should be, and where it should not be. That mulch should not be touching the bottom of the tree, right? No, it shouldn't be. And in a perfect world, it should go out to the drip line, like we talked about before, because um, that's where the bulk of that tree's uh, root zone is. Depending the type of, uh, of, of soil, you know, a couple inches, four inches, totally fine. Um, it doesn't need to be 12 inches thick. You know, you don't have to stink walking through your, your mulch beds. Um, but just as much is how much I think, you know, the, the right type of mulch, the type of mulch is a good thing. Um, you know, river rock stones, um, those aggregates are not good because they retain a lot of heat and dry out the soil. Um, ground up rubber tires, not good. Mulch should not only suppress weeds, but it should also break down and better the soil. So think of things that were previously living, um, organic mulch, 
is a good thing like wood. Um, that's probably some of the best. There's other options that, if done correctly, you know, leaves, grass clippings, pine needles, those things work too. Um, but you just have to be a little bit careful with them because they can, uh, you know, have compost and can create heat or, you know, like pine needles can add acidity to the soil. I was at a charity event the other day and a woman I see every year, she came up to me, she's just like the biggest mistake she ever made was that stupid rubber mulch uh, mm-hmm. that she put on. First off, removing it is a pain. You know, theoretically, it sounds like a great idea. I only have to mulch once, but the negatives on rubber mulch, oh, you know. I mean, you, you go yeah. ahead. No, everybody thinks, like, with those things that you only have to, to do it once, you know, the rubber or the, the river rock or the stones. Um, granted there's times that it's really tempting to, to put those things in your bed, but it's just not, not worth it. Ultimately they still end up, you know, maybe they don't do it, you know, every few years, but they ultimately, you know, freshen up those beds over time because everybody likes the, you know, the, the nice look of everything. But, um, yeah, there's no place for it. It's not, uh, it's not good for your plants, so please don't. Um, you know, don't take advantage of those options. All right, Luke, stick around if you don't mind. We'll maybe get some tree questions in the next uh, segment. For more information about Davy Tree or to ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. And remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. And if you have a question about a tree issue, now would be a great time to give Doug and Luke a call, 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. Before we get back to Luke Warner and all of these tree questions on the Organic Garden, are also getting ready for some Isley's Chip Chop Ham recipes on the Coons Cooking Hour on this Sunday morning with Rob Pratt and Doug Oster at KDKA. Doug has got a big event coming up in just a couple of hours that you do not want to miss. Today, 1.30 at Daniel's True Value Hardware and Appliances, located in the Hampton Plaza on Route 8 in Allison Park. I'm giving you perpetual spinach seeds and raffling off some very unique tomato plants. All right, how about some questions for Luke? Donna, you're on the air at KDKA with Doug, Luke, and Rob. How hey, are Donna. you? Good morning. Yes, I have um, 12 pin oak trees. And I carefully mow around the, but I did hit one, and it took out like a three by four inch, uh, took off the bark, and so now I can see the white part of the trunk. Is there something I can put on that to heal it, or do I just have to leave it? What do you think, Luke? Uh, traditionally, you don't have to paint wounds, um, you know, for pruning purposes. But since it is an oak, um, and it is a bad time of year to cause a wound on an oak tree. Um, you certainly want to paint that to keep you know, some bark beetles away that may be transmitting oak wilt. So um, you don't have to get a pruning paint, but any like latex type paint, spray paint is totally fine to uh, to cover that with. So Luke, one more question, please. Yeah, but let, let me know if those pin oak mites are still around. Is that something I need to worry about? Because last year they were terrible. So that was my next question. I'm not familiar with um, with pin oak mites. Um, there's jumping, you know, oak gall, which might have been it. Um, haven't seen them yet this year, but doesn't mean they wouldn't be back. So, Luke, I want to go back to the painting part because, again, to stress that in most cases, we don't put anything on this wound. But since it's an oak, that's why we're putting just a basic latex paint on there, right? That's the only reason. You don't want to paint. Your, you don't need to go around painting pruning cuts. There's cells on the portion of that tree that can heal those wounds naturally it's specifically because it's an oak 
Anything would go with an elm. And this is a good example of why we put uh, mulch out away from the tree so that we don't have string trimmers and mowers close to the tree, right? Yes, keeps you farther away and, and much less likely to cause damage. Remember back in the day, somebody was mowing grass and they hit it like a, a tree stump. You hear that <laughs> in the backyard. <laughs> Someone's going to need a new blade. Or my dad screaming yeah. from the garage, what did you just do? <laughs> All right, here's yeah. here's Chuck up next for Luke and Doug. Hey, Chuck, you're on KDKA. Good morning. Thank you for taking my phone call. I uh, have some shrubs planted in front of my house. Uh, I bought the house, so the shrubs were already there. One shrub in particular, I believe, is a miniature lilac. Right now it stands about four and a half feet tall, and it's probably four and a half feet wide as well. So I think it's a an old plant that's been there for probably, the house was built 15 years ago. So I'm guessing it was put in there back then. And over the years, it has been pruned and shaped uh, because it's a nice shaped uh, shrub. However, I think like all shrubs, it wants to grow and they've kept it at this height so that the only thing I have left now are uh, green leaves at the ends of the many branches that come out. And uh, all you see is brown branches in in the bush with some green leaves at the, at the tips. Now, way down in there, there are uh, green leaves on some branch, uh, some new stalks, apparently, that are way down at the bottom of the bush. So my question is, can I prune that bush back drastically so that it can begin to regrow. Okay, Luke, uh, th- th- this is a, gr- a great question and kind of an example of uh, <laughs> wrong plant in the wrong place or pruned wrong, I think. Yeah, it's more so just, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, just, you know, poorly pruned over the years. But, um, you know, the answer is maybe. So <laughs> it, it, can, it can be tough. But I would say if you're going to do that, certainly do not do it now. Don't do it in the spring. Don't do it in the summer. Um, You're taking away all of the leaves of that plant, so it's going to be very hard for it to photosynthesize and stay healthy. So if I were to do that, I would say, you know, if it's a matter of losing the plant or not, you're you're not going to lose anything. If it it doesn't come back, do that in the late winter right before it's going to push out its new growth. Um, That way it's just kind of coming out of dormancy. And uh, it's going to have your best odds uh, for survival and keeping that plant. If it doesn't come back, you know, you're starting over with uh, a new plant and something that can be uh, in the right spot. So, Luke, I think in, in something like this, this is a great chance to have a certified arborist come out and look at it. And, and a certified arborist actually comes out for free, right? Yes, we do. Yeah, we'll visit uh, any properties in our area, um, walk around with you, do a property consultation free of charge. And this would be a, a plant that I would want a arborist to look at because, first off, you know, it doesn't really know what plant it is. It's hard. It's hard to do this over the phone if you don't have a picture of it and know the exact species, that sort of thing. And I think a certified arborist like Luke could look at that plant and tell you in ten minutes how to prune it, when to prune it, the right way to prune it, or if you should just leave it be. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, or if it's just wrong place in the wrong spot, and if you're going to be there for a while, unfortunately, the best option may be to remove and replace it now. Yeah, yeah. So we only have about a minute left. Real quick, Luke, 
Talk about the importance of fertilization, because I think a, a lot of homeowners don't even think about fertilizing their trees. No, they'll fertilize their uh, they'll fertilize their lawn seven times a year, but um, <laughs> you know they oftentimes forget about you know feeding the more valuable investment in the trees and shrubs at their property. But um, it is by far the best investment you can take for the you know long term health of your trees and your shrubs. It only needs to be done once a year. Um, and we offer that service. It's all, you know, injected into the ground, into the root zone of the tree. So we're bypassing that turf. Um, it's one of the few things that I do at my house every single year. Mm-hmm. I know how valuable it is and uh, certainly wouldn't miss it. Could be done in the spring or in the fall. All right, Luke, thanks so much. We will see you this week when we film together for uh, In the Garden with or In Doug's Garden uh, from the Davy Tree Expert Company for inf- or more information about Davy Tree or ask what's going on with your trees, go to davy.com slash kdka. Remember, you can always call the experts from Davy Tree at 855-982-TREE. That's 855-982-8733. And tell them where you're going to be at 130. 130 today, Daniel's True Value Hardware and Appliances, located in the Hampton Plaza on Route 8, Nallison Park, lots of free spinach seeds, and raffling off some unique tomato plants. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow. In every garden you grow. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet uses during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.